Hey listeners, welcome to a brand new episode of Let's Just Talk About It podcast. I'm your host, Chuck. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. And if this is your very first time listening, this podcast was created to give genuine people just like you a platform to share a portion of your life's journey. So on this episode, I have a very special guest. Philip D. Wilson of Chesapeake, Virginia, where we had a great conversation about his childhood, his journey being incarcerated, and about his release back into society after 24 years. And now he's in the process of developing his own nonprofit organization to be a help to those who get released from prison. So without further delay, go and grab a friend or neighbor and listen in together to Let's Just Talk About It. Hey, let's jump right in. Hey, Philip, how's it going, man? What's going on, brother? How's it going? Doing good, man. Um, as always, I love to jump right into our interview, man, and uh, tell the listening audience a little bit about yourself. Well, my name is Philip D. Wilson. Uh, most close family members and friends call me Rock or Either Jr. from Chesapeake, Virginia. Um, from a place called, a street called Jones Lane. You probably be, you're probably familiar with that. Yeah. Yes, sir. Got you, man. How was it back there growing up? Well, I, I can say growing up, I had a, a, a unique childhood. Got you. Um, growing, growing up with my grandmother, she raised me till I was about eight, mm. and um, I had other other siblings that lived along with us. But uh, she made sure that we attended church every Sunday, every opportunity that she could make sure that we was in church. Even if she didn't attend attend church herself, she made sure that we was in church. Wow, wow. So growing up on Jones Lane, you went to church. How was it like when you, you know, came out of the house? You know, you got older, so you're outside. Mm-hmm. How was that like for you? Well, well, my grandmother, she instilled in me a lot until the age of eight. She got ill. She wasn't able to take care of me anymore, so I had to move in with her aunt. And um, she raised me until I was like eight, from, from the age of eight until 16. And so early on, I got involved with a certain group of individuals that was indulging in certain things. That's what basically piqued my curiosity was just peer pressure. Wow. So what did that pressure push you to? Because there may be some young girl or some young guy who may be listening to this episode who are right now feeling that pressure from their peers to either get high or join a gang or whatever. And they just need to hear somebody talk about it who's been there. So what was that pressure like? Well, you know, it was basically like it was a a group of individuals that I saw growing up and I, I wanted to be accepted by them. And so I felt like I had to conduct myself a certain way. I had to be a certain way. I had to make a name for myself in order for these individuals to like me. Mm. So what would, what were some of the things like you would indulge in when to get those individuals to like you? What were some of those things that, that you felt you, you got pushed to? Like reckless behavior, yeah. uh, you know, just being mischievous in the neighborhood, just, you know, for no reason. Wow. So... I had an episode, right, called Talking from the Inside. I did it with a friend of mine named Tim Carr, who's currently doing a prison sentence. So on this episode, I wanted to call it Talking from the Outside because you just recently came home from doing a prison sentence, right? Correct. Wow. You want to talk about that a little bit? What what got you to that point where you had to do time? Well, you know, like I said before, it was uh, acting outside of who yeah. I was, you know, trying to be accepted by other individuals I could my you know my father he didn't play a, a major role in my life but the one thing that I could remember him sharing with me was that he told me not to be a follower but always be a leader and then the one opportunity will I had plenty of opportunities to apply that principle but 
this this particular time, what I should have applied that principle, where I should have been a leader. I chose to be a follower and it cost me 24 years of my life. Right. So you did 24 years in, and what year was that? What, what time, what year was that sentence? This was in like 1997. Wow. Wow. 1997. So you were how old when you started doing that sentence? I was 18 years old when, when I first went in. Wow. 18 years old. And you how old now? I'm 43 now, and I just got released last year, so I was 42 when I was 42. released. 42. Wow. So, so some of the prisons that you went to, so while you're there, while you're in prison, what did you, you know, what did you experience there that you can help somebody not to go that way to keep a young person out of there? You know, because 24 years is a long time, man. So you, you've experienced some, you've seen some things, you've seen people, you know, met a lot of people. So what was it like for you inside there? Man, that's a that's a great question, man. Mm. I thank you for this opportunity to be able to share. And yes, uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy, man. That was a that was a very trying time for me. It was a traumatic time, not in the sense of because I was being faced with some type of physical opposition. It was just being incarcerated and, and locked up for so many years, day in and day out. It was just at times it felt unbearable. So, but uh. Yeah, but, uh, you know, I ran across some good brothers in there. You know, the, the Lord placed some good brothers in my yeah. path. Mm-hmm. But uh, let me let me back. Let me backtrack for a second. OK, OK. Now, coming up until this point where, you know, God had blatantly warned me to leave certain individuals alone to right. stop hanging with certain people. Mm-hmm. But I chose to ignore. I'm talking about outright warnings that it was undeniable. Wow. But I chose, I deliberately ignored the warnings. And so, like I shared with you before, it was an opportunity for me to apply that principle to be a leader and not to be a follower. And, and, when, and once I chose not to do that, it cost me that time. But now let me speed. Let me get back to what I was saying. OK. In that situation, it was a very dark time for me. But the Lord was able to get through to me. Right. And uh, I was able to meditate on the word. I was able to dig deep within myself Mm. and to examine myself and to really begin to think why I was making certain decisions, why I was. Because when you break it all down, it's basically life boils down to decisions. Mm. man. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. And your decisions that you make are based upon your experiences. All the experiences, a combination of the experiences that you go through, a life traumatic experiences, happy experiences, whatever they may be. Right. They ultimately shape the decisions that you make later on. But the Lord was able to get through to me. Right. And, so, um, so basically you 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 really came to a place where you realize you start, you know, doing some what they call soul surgery. You started searching and realizing where you messed up at. You know what I mean? Right. Because in that situation, you know, you're isolated. You you don't have nothing. That's you, right. you don't have a choice but to deal with yourself. That's right. So year number one. So how was that, you know, in terms of your sentence? Like, how was that like? How did that, you know, you're, you're being sentenced at a young age and all that stuff is flashing through your mind. How was that like for you? You know, knowing that you had to do this time. Uh, well, you know, I grew up having faith, so mm-hmm. I'm like, man, I'm going through the situation. I'm praying. I'm believing God to, you know, make something happen. Right. And so I'm going to court. Mm-hmm. You going to court from in jail? From in jail, yeah. correct? In North yeah. City Jail. Yeah. Uh. So, th- and, you know, I'm thinking like, wow, I'm hoping things are working out in mm-hmm. my favor. You know, they don't have any concrete evidence against me or anything of that nature. 
I chose to take a jury trial, so I go in and mm. get convicted. But through the whole process, it was a quick process. I was in the jail for only nine months. Wow. But I was at, I was at peace throughout that whole process, Got man. Got you. Got you. Wow. So now, year one, you're there. So what were some of the places you went to? Well, the first place I went to after leaving the jail, going to receive Southampton uh-huh. receiving. I left Southampton receiving. I went to uh, Southampton Correctional Facility, the prison. Okay. So I got there in 98. And I stayed there from 98 until 2008, until it, until they closed it down. Then right. I left in 2008 and went to uh, Lunenburg and stayed there for a while. Mm. How was those moments at, at, at Southampton and, and Lunenburg? How was those moments there? Well, you know, Southampton, you know, the nickname for Southampton right. was Gladiator School. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> you are, even though it wasn't as rough as, as it was, was mm-hmm. in previous years, it was still going down. So you had to be, you know, on point or whatever. But. I just thank God for his grace. Right. I never had a situation and all that time, you know, he protected me, you know, so. Absolutely, yeah. man. Right. Wow. But, I, you know, at that, during the time I ran across some good brothers, right. man, you know, some brothers that the Lord had placed in my path because right. like I told you before, I was, it was a very dark time for mm-hmm. me because I, I was going through a lot of uh, depression and things mm-hmm. of that nature. And so I can remember one time in particular, this was early on and uh, it was time to go, go to child and it was mm-hmm. raining a little bit and it was a brother that uh, I had Bible study with and, th- and stuff. So I right. had to, I was down and I was thinking about my situation and, you know, the enemy was beating me down mm-hmm. in my mind about my situation. And so I, have, I was at a low point and I had to go find this brother, mm. you know, and it just so happened he was in his cell at this time. And um, I walked in, he was like, what's wrong, brother? I was like, man, I can't take it no more, man. Wow. That brother provided a shoulder for me to cry on right. because the pressure from being in that situation yes, was sir. so great. Mm. Wow. It was so great, man, wow. from being isolated, being away from your family, just mm. being caged up, you know? Yeah, wow. So when you say dark moment, let's talk a little bit about that, man. Dark moment, being away from your family. For some person that, that's on the wrong path, that being away from your family doesn't feel good. And I know the hype, you know, going to prison, a lot of people think is is fun or whatever. I don't know. But going there, there are moments, man, you just you just don't feel like going on. You know what I mean? So explain a little bit about how you felt that dark moment. What did that feel like? Man, that's a feeling. It's a feeling. It's, it's, it's a feeling. Like I said before, I wouldn't wish on anybody, yeah, man. Yeah. But like you were saying, mm-hmm. being solitary, you know, it, like in Psalm sixty-eight six, mm-hmm. it says God, God makes a home for the lonely. He leads the mm-hmm. prisoner into prosperity. Wow. Only the stubborn and rebellious uh, dwell in a parched land. So. It's not God's plan for us to be alone. It's mm-hmm. his original idea for us to be in a family. So having that desire to be accepted isn't wrong. Sometimes we go out and get those desires, have to have those desires fulfilled in the wrong avenue. Right. But like I was going back to the dark place, man. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's just, it's, it's kind of hard to put into word. Yeah. yeah. Just a low feeling, man. Just It's just, just really, a low yeah. feeling, yeah. man. A doesn't low feel feeling, good. man. Doesn't feel good it at all. It doesn't feel good at all. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't feel good at all, man. I feel you. So did you go in, you, did you go to school or anything in there? Did you, you know, what did you do in terms of work or education? How does that? Well, t- to be honest with you, man, if you don't take the initiative to rehabilitate yourself, right. you it, it's not going to happen. Yeah. And then at the same time, I know a person should take initiative in anything that they want to do, especially when it comes to accomplishing goals or being successful. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you need a little help. You need somebody to put you in a position where you can be successful. Got you. And, you know, the system is not set up that way. It's not designed for you to better yourself and to change your mindset, your mentality and and become a productive citizen 
once you release into society. It's right. just no programs that's being implemented to ensure that these things happen. Wow. So what would you change about the system if you had a chance to? Well, to be honest with you, instead of investing more into locking people up, you know, you need to invest into their education. Mm -hmm. I think that's a major key. And you should work closely with individuals. You can't just give people lengthy sentences, throw them away, throw away the key. That's not the correct method. Right. Because the people at the end of the day, they made mistakes. But you should have you should have individuals invest more in those professionals, counselors who can work closely with individuals to see if they're making any process so you can phase your way out of, even though you may have a lengthy sentence, doesn't mean you're going to do every day. Uh, you know, as long as you're working to better yourself, to program your way out, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. But uh, at the end of the day, that's, it, it all, it, it all falls on the individual taking the initiative as well. But um, it's, it, it's definitely a whole lot more that could be done. There's a whole right. lot more programs, educational programs that could be implemented to make sure that those guys come out and be successful and be more productive in society. Wow. And so going through that moment, man, you, you 15 years in, 20 years in, how did you, you know, like prepare yourself to get out? Mm. Well, I'm going to be honest with you, mm. man. There are some things that I, you know, some programs that I took, you know, I took a floor covering trade towards okay. the end of my bid or whatever. Uh, I took a horticulture trade, but like I said before, prison, it, it didn't offer a whole lot in terms of what I could use to help change my mindset. I mm. had to do that on my own. On I had own. to be willing to do that on my own. But uh, it wasn't a whole lot that you could do, man. For yeah. real, I read, I worked out, I, you know, wow. I uh, tried to educate myself the best way I could right. by reading books, you know, about um, other Christian brothers and sisters mm-hmm. and things of that nature. So, but it was, I was very limited. My options were few. Right. Wow. So now you get to that place. You came home in what year now? I come home in 2021. Wow. 21. Wow. So you, you, you're, you're on your way out, man. So now that you're on the outside, what are you up to now? Is it hard for you to, to find work? Because I know sometimes when we get out of prison, it's hard to get on your feet if you don't have family members to help you. Well, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned family, man. Fortunately, I had a cousin who, uh, he's like a brother to me, mm-hmm. he, you know, we're cousins, but he's more like a brother to me. You right. know, he's he been there for me. And he provided an opportunity, the job opportunity for me coming straight home. So I didn't have to worry about a job or anything like that. But I know a lot of guys coming home from prison who have done a lengthy amount of time. Right. Such as myself, you know, 10, 15 years, what I have, whatever, what have you. Mm. Uh, you know, it could be hard making the transition back into society. Once you get released back into society, it's a whole slew of things that come at you. Right. And, uh, you know, from the differences, the, the, all the changes and the advancements in the technology mm-hmm. and all the differences that of the, the laws that have occurred, you know, it's just a whole yeah. bunch of different yeah. things that come at you that you don't normally deal with in the environment that you came out of. So it was a, it was a complete and utter culture shock going into that environment and being there for a long time and then being from from being in there a long time and then being released back into society. It was culture shock all over again. Right. So. I know I, what I want to do is I want to start a nonprofit organization. Okay. It's like a, like a fraternity of uh, individuals who have formerly, who have formerly incarcerated. And it's like a support group. And we want to provide some assistance to the guys that's being released back mm-hmm. into society, you know, to help ease the burden, you know, because or, 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 they may have family members they can't relate to them. Right. You see what I'm saying? Right. So if you don't have somebody that can help you make that transition that's back right. into society, it, it could be a lot on you. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to get that off 
off the ground. It's a lot of things that I'm currently trying to get involved with. So, so what would, what's the name of that that um, nonprofit you're trying to start? I I don't quite have the name yet. Got you. I'm not locked in on a name yet. I mm-hmm. still have to come up with a name. Okay, I got you, man. What what else are you trying to do? I'm trying to get uh, uh trying to get certified as a personal trainer as well because I'm into physical fitness as got well. You. I'm also uh, getting involved with the church right. a whole lot more. I haven't been attending church as much as I should have been, but I plan on getting involved and getting in the ministry as well. Absolutely. Keep pushing, man. It sounds like you definitely on the right track. And, uh, man, we support you 100%. You know, you made it through in those dark moments, but you made it to the outside. And I uh, just want to have you on just to talk about what you're up to now, how was your journey through that moment of being in prison and coming on the outside. And it sounds like you're doing, doing, doing great, man. I appreciate you being on. So let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. What would you tell your younger self now? What would you tell your younger self now? If you had an opportunity from where you are now to go talk to your your younger self, what would you tell them? Mm, that's a good question. I would tell my younger self, man, don't rush to get old. Wow. You, you know, because sometimes, you know, you know, when you're younger, you, you say to yourself, man, I can't wait till I get this age so I can do this. I can't wait till I get that age so I can do this. Yeah. But in reality, <laughs> we rush to do what? Yeah. We rush to, rush to, to, to destruction. We rush to, you know, a bunch of calamity. You know, we rush to a bunch of rough consequences because of bad decisions that we make. So if, if I could tell if that's that's what I would tell my younger self. Don't rush to get old. Wow. Don't rush to get old. Take your time. <laughs> Take your time. So I want to give you an opportunity to shout somebody out, you know, that you want to give a shout out to uh, on this podcast. Absolutely. Well, you know, I want to give a shout out to it. There's a lot of people I want to shout out. So I want to give a shout out to my, my cousin, Kurt. Yes, sir. He's been there. He's been in my corner for day one. My cousin George, you know, uh, it's a lot of family members, man. My sisters, my 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 siblings, man. It's my mother. It's a whole lot of family that's been there in my corner. My nieces, people that was there for me, even when they didn't understand what I was going through, and they couldn't relate. They they still stuck it out and was it was patient with me. I appreciate everybody who who provided a helping hand through this whole process, man. I love my whole family. Yes, sir, man. Yes, sir. Hey, man, thank you so much for being a part. Philip. let's just talk about it, man. I really appreciate you doing this interview, and uh, i love to have you back to promote your nonprofit and uh, things that you uh, have upcoming, man. So thank you so much, and uh, talk to you soon. Wow, what an amazing conversation. Shout out to Philip for doing this interview and the whole Wilson family for supporting him through his journey. One of the many things he said that I believe could help this younger generation to slow down was don't rush to get older, but take your time. And there may be someone who's listening to this episode right now who has a younger son or daughter who's going down the wrong path because of peer pressure. And if I were you, I would share this episode with them because after hearing Philip's story, you never know, it may change their minds so again thank you so much for listening in to this episode of let's just talk about it podcast don't forget to download and don't forget to share and also if you want to share with me how this podcast has helped you you can reach me at let's just talk about it 22 at yahoo.com and now on facebook just type in chuck l j t a i so as always until next time don't hold it in but let's just talk about it talk to you soon Thank you.